This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. There's some verses in 1 Samuel chapter 16, one verse, verse 13. I'm going to read one verse, 1 Samuel 16, 13. That's a hint. I'm going to read one verse. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, David, in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose, arose and went to Ramoth. How soon we forget. I said that amen, amen is reserved for truth and for the reading of the scriptures. When they found the book of the law in the rubbish of the temple as they were building, they read it from morning to noon and the people said, amen, amen, and amen. So you don't need to forget that. When you hear the scriptures read, punctuated with a big amen, and I believe God will be glorified. I need 10 people to say, amen. That's more than 10, but I'll take care. From the subject, there is an anointing for what's next. There is an anointing for what's next. Can you say that with me? There is an anointing for what's next. Spirit of living God, I pray now that you would flow through me to your people, those who are listening from around the world. I do thank you, Lord, for your care for your people in times like these. I thank you, Lord God, for this gathering this week, a gathering of your people, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, the called out ones, assembled to encourage one another, even the more as that day draws near. Thank you for unity. Thank you for the oneness of the body. Thank you, Lord, that there are many members, many, many churches but only one body. So we do celebrate you for Celebration Church. And we're so grateful for all that you're doing and have done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do me a favor and put your hands together for the word of the Lord. There's an anointing for what's next. In the New Testament economy of things, there's... Two words that are synonymous. One is grace and the other is anointing. When you look at the New Testament, you'll see that they're often interchangeable. People have defined grace as God's unmerited favor, but it's much, much more. Grace is the divine enabling ability of God that he shares with us to enable us to do what it is he's called us to do and to be what it is that he has created us to be. That's exactly what the anointing does. It empowers us to do. It empowers us to be. It empowers us, marks us, sets us apart for his use. When a person is anointed, oh, you can tell in a little bit. As a matter of fact, somebody asked me to define anointing one day. And I said, you know what? The easiest way to define anointing is when it's not present. Because if you ever heard somebody sing and go, that ain't anointed. (laughs) You ever heard somebody preaching, you go, ain't no anointing there. You almost can tell when a person is anointed by the absence 
of the anointing. And so grace and anointing go hand in hand. Both are God's enabling abilities. I'm excited about God. And if you're not, in the words of my dear friend and brother, you better get excited. Because God is on the throne. And I'm excited about God because also he's steady. He's consistent. The Bible says he does not change. James said that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He will not turn his back on you. He will make himself available and again, anoint you, which is to give you the ability to do whatever it is that he's called you to do and that he has created you to be. Now, I said that God is immutable and God does not change but at the same time, he expects his children to change. You're changing right now. You're being changed right now. You are changing. You are constantly moving. Matter of fact, a clinical definition of death is when you stop changing. And so change is inevitable. And change is what God has called us to do. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. The text says we're changed into his glory day by day. Tell somebody, I'm changing, I'm changing. Come on, say it like you mean it. And you should be changing. Let it be known in the place, those of you that are here in this place, and those of you that are online, there's a change, I believe, occurring in this present atmosphere. I believe that this atmosphere is an atmosphere of change. And I believe that this is an atmosphere of empowerment. And I believe that this is an atmosphere of growth and development. I believe that this is an atmosphere that is infused with purpose and glory. I believe that this is an atmosphere. And listen, listen, you don't know where the wind goes or where it's coming from, but you can feel and see the effect of it. And as I look out over you, I can't really see it in the natural, but I can show enough sense the effect that this week is having on you. I can sense the effect that this atmosphere is having on you. I can see it. And if you don't see it, and if you're not with me, and if you don't think I'm talking about you, then just stop for a minute and reflect on where you were last week. Reflect on where you were last month. Reflect on where you were last six months ago and reflect on the fact that some kind of way God has moved heaven and earth to bring you back together again for an action conference where you can get, oh, y'all not helping me, where you can come back together again and sense and know that God has not forgotten you. God has not forsaken you. 
God is still on the throne. Everything that's going on in earth is controlled by who it is that is sitting on the throne. And when John looked up, he saw one sitting on the throne. God is not competing with the devil to be God, with human factions to be God, governments to be God. He is God all by himself. And he changes not, but he changes his people into his image from glory to glory. And while you're sitting here, as you have come into this place this week, as you are viewing online, there's an atmosphere of change and glory and it's available to you because God wants to empower you. God wants to infuse you. God wants to enable you to do what he's called you to do and to be what he has created you to be. And if you believe that, don't sit there like a crocodile laying by the lake. Don't sit there and look at me like I stole something from your auntie. If you believe that, you ought to give God some praise. You ought to get excited. You better get excited. Hmm. What if I told you tonight that God is doing something new in us, with us, through us, right now? See, a lot of people come to meetings like this and attend conferences, and they don't expect, Thomas said, they don't expect God to do it right now, heal right now, deliver right now. You know, the text says that God is doing a new thing. Don't you see it? And so many people don't see it. But somebody told me uh, this week that they feel like Isaiah in the year that King Uzzah died. They said they have seen the Lord. They said that their eyes have been opened this week to things in the spirit realm that he always had known existed, but now they're becoming very clear or more clear to him that God really will visit you in the form of a dove and a hummingbird. And I know some of you may not have been here this morning, but, uh, you know, there was a little hummingbird hanging around. Uh, the coffee shop out there and uh, speaking to folk and letting them know that God's still with them. So the word of the Lord has impacted many this week. We have exposed the tactics of fear, anger, and intimidation that is the tools or are the tools of witchcraft so that people can remain bound. We have been encouraged that we need to enter into the rest of the Lord by Pastor Taz and the intimacy that we need to have and a relationship that is personal with the Lord Jesus Christ and living lives that are consecrated and set aside meat for the master's use. And we've seen how faith and courage work together so that we can accomplish the things that God has purposed us to accomplish and of course our seasons are shifting and we are we're going into a new season and new seasons are available and and there is an anointing that's available this week for the change and the shift that is necessary for us to handle what's coming next Oh, if you only knew what God was going to do next. The only way to put it in perspective is to look back over what he's already done and to realize that he is well able to do exceeding, 
abundantly above all that you ask or think. And he does it according to the power that already resides or abides within you. In other words, you have what it takes already to be able to embrace and to do what's coming next. And what's coming next will make this look in essence like nothing he says listen you thought about this but I'm able to do more than this you have planned certain things but God says I can do greater than your plans and that's the consistent God that we serve and that's what I'm excited about because he does not change and God has made us precious promises and in him those promises are yea and Amen. And God wants us to believe that he is well able to do what it is that he has called you to do, purposed you to do, and created you to be. I need 15 people to say amen. Joel prophesied it a long time ago, and then Peter stole the message and re-preached it on the day of Pentecost. You heard it. He says, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. And I'm telling you, celebration, in order to continue to do what has already been done and to do what you're going to do in the future, it's going to take an outpouring, a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's going to take an anointing that is coming from God, a special divine approval from God and a fresh oil, a fresh anointing from God so that you're able to do what's next. In this season of action, I'm sensing something actually changing. I, 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 I literally feel change. The last two days has challenged and changed so many people for the better. So many people greater. Uh, so many people are seeing things uh, like they haven't seen them in a while. And, and I'm just talking about just in the natural, having not been in the house and been in an action, but I mean in the spirit realm, there's some things that people's eyes are coming open to, like Elisha and his servant Gehazi, when, when he looked and he saw uh, the servant that he, they were surrounded and that the Syrian army had come to, to take them captive and, and, and he he came to the prophet and said, man of God, uh, the people are outside and they be many and their chariots of fire, their chariots rather, and horsemen that are surrounding the mountains. What are we going to do? And, and the prophet just looked and said, Lord, open his eyes. And when he opened his eyes, he saw chariots of fire surrounding the enemy. For Elisha told him, they that are with us are more than they that be against us. I wish I had a praying church that, that if your eyes would come open, not only will you see chariots of fire surrounding you, but you might just see angels ascending and descending on your behalf, bringing to earth what is necessary for you to fulfill your purpose. Angels are ministering spirits to the people of God. Some of you don't know how you survived the accident. Some of you don't know how you survived this pandemic. Some of you don't know how you survived the war. Some of you don't know how, but God had dispatched 
angels. God had dispatched warring angels on your behalf. Angels that would come and minister to you like he did with Jesus in that wilderness after his testing and temptation after 40 days. I'm telling you after 40 years, God is dispatching angels to replenish you, to restore you, to serve you. You've got help all night, all day. Angels watching over me, my Lord, all night, all day. Angels watching over me, y'all not helping me here. Yeah. You need to understand that God has angels all about it. Personal ministering spirits for us in this season of action. There's an anointing that's available to break the yoke of the mundane. There's an anointing here to destroy the yoke of mediocrity no more just glad to be here I'm heading to the top no more glad to just be on the mountain and that's what mediocrity is mediocrity is I'm just glad to be here I'm glad they let me in I'm glad I didn't have to have a car to join this church I'm glad I didn't have to have a nice suit or a nice dress to become a part of a move of God like this so okay I'm here guys mm -mm. there's an anointing coming that's going to move you from here to where you got to go I I believe after this week our commitments to the things of God are going to another level. Our praise and worship is going to another level. Our teaching and preaching is going to another level. Our personal holiness and discernment is going to another level. And even our giving is going to another level. Come on, praise, preaching, teaching, holiness, discernment, giving. Let's take it to another level. And by the way, everything I just mentioned can be demonstrated in this place tonight while we sit here and stand here, including that supernatural gift of giving. When I saw all of the need and the things that are going on, it takes money to sustain these things and to provide this help that people need. And I only have a short time, so let me run across the field because I want to share with you tonight what it has taken and what it will take to maintain the move of God and the presence of God in the places where God has established you celebration churches spreading the love of Jesus all over the world that's what you're doing and how does it happen three ways through a strong ecclesiology new methodologies and strategies and the power of God say that strong ecclesiology new methodologies and strategies I can't hear you but I'll say it myself and the power of God Number one, a strong ecclesiology. Celebration, you know what the church is all about. When I looked at that video, I saw, oh man, Matthew 25 ministry. Pastor Taz was talking, and he talked about you were moved with compassion, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked. Uh, London being first responders in the midst of a pandemic where all of the other Red Cross and other groups were out there trying to help people that were hopeless. Here's the church who says, hey, that's my job. Here's the church who says, I got it. This is what Jesus is going to judge me for. Not how big my buildings were. He's not going to judge me by how many members I had. But in that 
day, he's going to say, when I was hungry, uh, you fed me naked. You clothed me. When I was incarcerated, you visited me. I need some preachers to help me in here because that is the motive for your ministry. And that's what Celebration Church is all about, a strong ecclesiology. But what's ecclesiology? It is the, stu the, 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 the study of the nature, the structure, and the purpose of the church. And you understand this is not a club. This is not some Masonic order. This is not a place where people come who are affluential and somebody to be a part, to be recognized. No, you realize this is the body of Christ and you realize we are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. You realize what your purpose is. Come on, you understand the structure and the hierarchy. You understand how this thing is supposed to flow. Somebody said it this week, the government that you supply, the things that you do, the order that you have. And let me tell you something about order. God is the God of order. The devil hates order. Confusion will, is of the devil. But when you got your house together, you devil will stick out like a sore thumb if he tries to come off up in here. The devil is bound up in here. The devil cannot move in here because order silences and steals the avenger. I need about 55 people who understand that you're in a house of order. Number two, new methodologies and strategies. When I saw the soccer field taking a soccer ball and whatever else it takes to reach this generation to reach the young to reach the old new methodologies and strategies your compassionate innovations are phenomenal whatever it takes uh, tell somebody whatever it takes whatever it takes to reach the lost at any cost by preaching the cross of our resurrected savior number three y'all look bored but I'm gonna preach myself happy the power of God. Somebody say the power of God. So you say, Bishop, I don't know about that theological term ecclesiology. I don't know about new methodologies and strategies using all these social networks and all this kind of stuff. You got to give me something that's biblical. All right. The power of God. The power. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. In our church, here's what we believe. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking to each other. We believe that when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, he immediately gives you an acute awareness of who he is, his power, his nature, his glory, his holiness, his holy otherness. And you become a student of his, a follower of his, a disciple of his. And on the day of Pentecost, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, yes, the room shook. Yes, clothing tongues of fire sat upon their heads. Yes, they spake with other tongues. But why did they? Acts 1 and 8. You shall be witnesses unto me. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So what does that mean they were pushed out of the upper room into the streets where Parthians and Medes and dwellers of Mesopotamia and Pamphylia and people had come for the feast and the celebration and they heard them in their own languages speaking the wonderful works of God. What does that mean? When a church like this knows who the Holy Spirit is, is filled with the Holy Spirit and trusts the power of God, what that means is on the day of Pentecost what actually happened was they became relevant to the people that were there and when God fills you with the Holy Ghost plants you in a particular city pastors he gives you the power to be relevant to the people that are around you he gives you the power to be relevant to the needs of the people to be sensitive to the needs of the people to talk to the poor and the needy to talk to the high and mighty he gives you power to speak truth to power come on he gives you power to preach boldly
boldly. He gives you power to preach with authority. You don't speak as other men speak and the scribes and the Pharisees, but you speak as those who have authority. And what the enemy hates is authority. And when God anoints you, when you come to God and you say, you know what? I'm going to model Celebration Church Boradale. Well, how are you going to model it? You're going to have to have a strong ecclesiology. You're going to have to have some methodologies and strategies and you're going to have to trust the power of God. So here we see 40 years of church lining itself up with heaven. Romans 1, 8, 19, the creation was waiting in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. In communities all over the world, there are people that are still waiting on a church like celebration churches to appear. Can't you hear the crack addicts? Can't you hear the drug addicts? Can't you hear the alcoholics? They're waiting on you to show up. Can't you hear those that have been rejected, dislodged, oppressed, rejected, diseased, orphaned up? Didn't you see? They're waiting on you to show up. The earth is in travail. God is getting ready to reveal who his people are and he's doing a good job with Celebration Church because wherever you go, people know that you're not there for the money. You're not there for fame and fortune, but you're there to meet the felt needs of the people in that community. They don't have to look like you. They don't have to talk like you. They don't have to walk like you. All they got to do is be like you. Plus, you were once lost, but now you're found. You were once blind, but now you see. I wish I had somebody. God is getting ready to release an anointing that will enable unhindered and unrestrained reigning and ruling in the earth by his people. It's an anointing for change. It's an anointing for what's coming next. And I'm talking about times of refreshing. My last verse, Acts 3.19. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Ah, is coming a Kairos encounter. Everything is lining itself up. You've been going through for 40 years and the moment that comes after 40 years of ministry is this international, this worldwide move of the Holy Spirit because your character has been developed in 40 years. Your faithfulness has been proven for 40 years. Your loyalty is no longer in question. 40 years. Your bipolar disorder and spiritual schizophrenia has been brought under control. Now you know who God is and what your purpose is. And now after you've been faithful and courageous, there's yet another anointing for those who have been through the storm and the rain. David had three anointings. The first anointing was to scoop sheep dung. The first anointing was just to recognize that David was chosen by God, sent by God, called by God, and he was anointed in front of his brothers who thought that they were worthy, who thought that it should have been them. So the first anointing was for David to be faithful in natural things. And then a second anointing where he was anointed king, not to be over everybody yet because he wasn't equipped to be over everybody yet. So he was anointed to be over Judah. And so God, after he was faithful over the sheep 
and in the natural he made him faithful over Judah who is to be first you got to understand that God anointed him but the promise was to be king over all of Israel so one day after a visit to Hebron one day after the, hit, the visit to the covenant mount one day after God said now it's time there came a third anointing and that third anointing was for David after he had been through the storm after he had been through the rain after he had put up with the ridicule after he had been hated on by his brothers after he had gone through hell and high water here comes David and there's an anointing when God says it's time and celebration I believe it's time. I believe you've been faithful in natural things. I believe you've been faithful over some things. Now, since you've been faithful over little, come on, y'all, because there's coming much, and God's going to anoint you for much. I'm closing, y'all. Get with me. If you don't get with me now, you won't get with me before I'm done because there's an anointing for what's next, and this anointing is not for perfect people. It's for hungry people. If you're hungry for this anointing, if you thirst for this anointing. He wants you to be filled and to be filled and to be filled. David had three anointings. There's an anointing for us tonight. An anointing for what's next. If you want this anointing, if you want this power, if you want it, jump up on your feet. Open up your hearts. Open up your hands. Open up your minds and let this anointing. Y'all not helping me here. If you want this, you got to give something to get this. You got to give God of praise. You got to worship God. You got to clap your hands. You got to let him know that you mean business. It's not coming to you because you're just in the building. Oh no, you are where you are by choice. And if your choice tonight is to be filled, is to have this anointing, then act like it. Demonstrate it. Do something you've never done. Say something you've never said. Act like you've never acted. You're being changed into his image from glory to glory. Come on, those you at home, in your living room, in your den, in your kitchen, driving in your car, wherever you are, expect the anointing. There's an anointing for what's next. Come on, 40 years of labor, 40 years of prayer, 40 years of praise, 40 years of worship, 40 years of the word of God, 40 years of fellowship, 40 years of witnessing, 40 years of soul winning, 40 years of giving, 40 years of serving, 40 years of dedication. Come on, celebrate God for 40 years. Celebrate God. Celebrate Him. I shouldn't have to celebrate Him. Celebrate Him. Spin, leap, run, dance, shout. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party won't stop. Come on, I wish I had my commission. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Because a Holy Ghost party won't stop. We may as well have this party, y'all. 40 years, it's time to celebrate. 40 years, it's time to dance. 40 years, it's time. It's time. It's time. There's an anointing for what's next. Receive it. In Espanol, recibelo. Just ask him. Let him in. Come on, let it in. Somebody's free. Thanks for listening. 
For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.